We thank Syria for our friendship. Heidelberg put in a five-goal performance at the Village. We get our first Twitter basher. And George gets double portions this week. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 12 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 12 of the Semi-Pro Potty. I am your host, William Chambers. Uh, Every week, I am joined by my best mate, Branson. Branson Gibson, how are you? Oh, I'm very well, thanks, Will. How are you doing today, mate? Very good. Very much looking forward to this podcast. You know, I think I've been a bit tired the last couple. We've been punching out coffees and stuff <laughs> to get through, but no, this one, good today. drunk off of natural energy. <laughs> um, so, obviously, we kick off the podcast every week with a little bit of a kit bag segment. Yep. Um, Branson, I'm going to throw to you first. What are you wearing this week? Uh, this week, I'm wearing an international kit. I've gone for the kit of Syria. This week, so it's a lovely red colour. It features some black and white stripes on it as well, which I quite like. I think overall, it's a a pretty good kit. Uh, it's a great kit. I like the kit manufacturer as well. It's yeah. the same as the um oh, the Ruben Kazan. Ruben, Ruben Kazan kit. Yeah, that that you wore in one of the early podcasts. It's a great yeah. one. Very much enjoyed. The Syria kit does have a little bit of a theme as well because you know Syria, Australia played them to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, almost lost that. Syria had a free kick right at the death of extra time that hit the post. And I was just thinking about it, mate. If that free kick had gone in, Australia would never have... Oh, sorry, would not have qualified for the World Cup. So we wouldn't have gone. And then, mate, we never would have met. We never would have met. Wow. What an alternate universe we need to consider. Syria win and that's it. Well, thank you, Syria, because in Syria's (laughs) defeat, I have won a friend. Yeah. uh, Oh, that's quite sweet. Yeah. What about you, mate? What are you wearing? Well, I'm kind of shocked that you didn't jump on the um, Adelaide United playing Melbourne City this weekend train. <laughs> Obviously, mm. for those of you who know, I'm an ex-Adelaide resident. Yeah. Uh, now a City member who's attended officially like, four games this year. Yeah, good on you. Um, so, Branson, Melbourne City fan, didn't decide to wear his Melbourne City kit this week. No, I'm going to save it for game day. I am going to the game on Sunday, so we'll save it for then. But yeah. let's tell me about your Adelaide kit, because it's a ripper. Yeah, so this is an Adelaide United kit from, I think, maybe three to four years ago. I think it's the season before we won the grand final, which, to this day, you know, we, we won the grand final, uh, you know, what, four years ago to this day. Um, wow. Yes, yeah, so time flies when you're mildly having fun. Um, so yeah, it's one of the better Adelaide United kits. Um, it's a it's a large kit with an extra extra large IGA logo on the front of it. Yeah, which is a bit ridiculous. But Good. no, it's a Macron kit. The A League has been you know marred in some pretty tragic kits over the years, but this is one of the better ones. It's very classy, like the collar, mm-hmm. like the color as well. Mm-hmm. Collar and the color mm-hmm. looks good. I mean, can't go wrong. Great design. Cannot go wrong on the top of your great design. Let's design ourselves the first match review of average. the week. No, so bad. Average. Not a good segment. We almost bin the entire podcast <laughs> so far because of that one. Just scratch it. Stop recording. Start again. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, look, uh, I took a look at Dan on Thunder 2, South Melbourne 2. Um, we didn't tip it as match of the round. No. But it was a very, very good game. Um and so I guess, like, when I say good, I don't... It, it's kind of a bit of a cop-out to say something good, but it was good in every department. You know, there was a good tempo to it. There were good chances. There were very good tackles made. You know, last... It was a game of a lot of last-ditch tackles, some very good saves. Um, 
it was kind of everything you hoped for in a game with, you know, both sides scoring two goals. So I think over the, overall the lion's share of the game, there was, um, it was probably a draw was the fair result. Um, I don't think anyone would be too aggrieved by um, getting a point out of that game. Yeah. Some late chances, but, you know, it's not like one of those ones where anyone really bottled it. Um, so Thunder jumped into the lead early on through Barnes. Um, Marafiotti and Constantinides scored. Uh, that put South Melbourne in the lead. Um, but then Barnes followed up in the second half with the winner. Um I did like the first goal from Barnes, though. So it was like a long ball in behind. I can't remember who played it. One of the defenders um, from deep. And Barnes is running in on it. And Roganovic for South Melbourne runs off his line and slips and falls at like the most inopportune moment. Yeah. Like about two two metres out from the ball, about seven, oh, 15 yards out from the goal. And you shouldn't really get chipped from a keeper when the ball is 18 yards out. You're 15 yards out, <laughs> but he manages yeah. to, and yeah. it just looked kind of comical. Um, but yeah, so it was quite—it's probably the the shortest range lob goal I think I've ever seen. But it was um, it was a great finish from Barnes, nonetheless. Um, but then, sort of going forward, you know, Pierce Clark was probably the standout performer for mine in, in that Dandenong Thunder team. There were lots of goals from close range in this game. You know, none of the goals were really sort of like, you know, curled in from distance or really beautiful finishes. They were kind of... The build-up play led to a lot of balls being put into dangerous areas in the penalty box. And tapped home by, you know, in sort of, I guess you would say, a scrappy fashion. But um, Piers Clark definitely let out more... Kept out more goals than he let in. Um, So he was a really, really good... Big plus for a goalkeeper. It is, and it, to be honest with you, Daniel Thunder haven't done it. Yeah, <laughs> well, they've considered it many goals. This yeah, year. they have. Um, but you know, he was acrobatic in goal. You know, it was a really good performance from him. It's probably the first time this season that he's really stood out for mine. Um, the equalizer of a dandy Thunder, though, uh, late in the second half. Not late. It was about seventy minutes, I think. Exquisite build-up play by Blake Carpenter. Um, I know we haven't really spoken about him much, but coming weeks definitely keep an eye on him because he was you know followed up a lovely first touch with a nice run into the box it wasn't like a surging run from deep it was more sort of running towards the byline from out wide but you know set himself up with a good touch and so I mean it was a draw so what are you taking away from the game so which team looked better how are these teams going to go mm. for the rest of the year I mean what do you think yeah it's, it's a difficult one because South Melbourne both teams started poor but they've started to get some results I think yeah. they're going to be around about the same point in the table. So I'd say they're nailing down that mid-table, sort of outside of the relegation scrap, but a couple of poor performances can put them there. Yeah. But I think they're going to finish genuinely next to each other in the table. Well, they're already 9th and 10th. <laughs> yeah, so like, I, I think this is one of the games where no team probably wants to lose it, but it's a good one to win. No one did. I think sharing points <laughs> is fair over the course of play. Like, it's a yeah. really weird one to say yeah, where, like, yeah. I think if there's a script, this game met that script. Okay, yeah. Um, but an, an entertaining two-all draw, though. It was a very entertaining two-all draw. Um, yeah, if nothing but for just the fact of I really liked the last-ditch defending, some of the tackles. Um, it was a really high-energy game, and I think it showed that come the pointy end of the season, the player mentality is right. So if they're in a relegation scrap or something, I have a good feeling that Dan North Thunder South Melbourne will have more mental fortitude than maybe some of the other teams in the bottom half of the table. To, to rise above because you know they all played with their heads high and everything in this game and, and got a lot of good output so 
Really good game. Um, have a look at the goalkeeping power because I do quite like it. It's one of my favourite ones this year. Um, but Branson, Kingston City 3, Bentley Greens 4. Tell us about this one. Well, so this was a uh, fascinating result. Monday night game. Bentley coming away with the goods. It was a bit of a bit of an odd one. So the game, obviously, well, it started off with a bang. So Western United bound. Valentina UL opened the scoring in only the second minute. Uh, blasted a shot to the near post that, you know, snuck past. The keeper, Hatsa Curtis, uh, he probably felt like he could have done better, you know, letting a goal into the near post. He got a bit on it, you know, yeah. it was hit It was hit well, but I mean, I think it was one of those ones where you'd want the goalkeeper to save it, mm. not necessarily a should have saved, but anyway, um, more concerning for Kingston was it's twice in two weeks that they'd conceded a goal within two minutes. So same thing happened to them the week before against Gully. <laughs> Uh, so not a great sign for them. And coming into this game, you know, I was thinking, you know, Bentley will win fairly easily and they score in the second minute. And you're going, yep, here we go. Sticking to the script. Bentley going to run away with this one. But to Kingston's credit, though, they said, ah, not so fast. And scored an equaliser within two minutes of that as well. Things um, we constantly see this season in the, well, yeah, in the NPL. Yeah, yeah but uh, Muad's red equalised for City. Uh, cut back pass to the back post. He was in acres of space and... Tapped it in and you go, all right, here we go. One all, bit of a contest. Uh, after that, though, Bentley really sort of kicked it into gear. They ended up tacking on another three goals before the half to put it, you know, 4-1 going into the break. It's a really good first half. <laughs> it was, you know. Um, so Jankovic scored and then Mitrovic scored a brace as well to make it 4-1 at the break. And again, at this stage, going into halftime, I'm thinking it's, it's, it's probably game over, you know. Bentley, three goals up. Kingston, you know, haven't shown a lot this season. Game's going to be put to bed. Uh, but to their credit, Kingston, uh, they didn't drop their bundle. They got a goal back, you know, 10 minutes after the break. Uh, through a header from a corner from Sakizada. I believe I got that right. Yeah, that sounds uh, right. <laughs> yeah, so 4-2 and you're going, okay, you know, made things interesting. Mitrovic, actually for Bentley, had a great chance to really ice the game and get his hat-trick through one-on-one. Good save by Hatsa Curtis, the keeper for Kingston again. That would have made it 5-2, would have put it to bed, but instead saved, kept Kingston in the game. And then 10 minutes from time, City got another goal again from another set piece. Uh, Chris Owen knocking it home. And, you know, 10 minutes to go, down by a goal, and Kingston City really were pushing hard mm. for the equaliser. Uh, they were denied by a couple of absolutely fantastic saves. By Ryan's got two stellar saves in about two minutes. When he's on, he's on, isn't he? Oh, and he was on for that last five minutes because Kingston City were they weren't just knocking on the door; they were trying to break it down. Mm. And he was switched on twice, two superb stops to deny Kingston. And in the end, for City, I mean, they couldn't couldn't get it done, and Bentley were able to hang on for the win. And you know, I mean, for them, it's probably. Really, just three points that they needed at this stage. I mean, they've got a lot of injuries. They had a lot of young players playing in this game. So, against a lower team like mm. Kingston, you know, you just want to get the three points and, and sort of take it away and go, yep, cool, we can move on now. For Kingston, though, uh, this is probably one of the first times that I've seen some real promise from Kingston. Because, yeah. you know, looking, looking at the table... I've always thought, you know, you've got City down, sorry, Dandenong City on the bottom and Kingston City just above them. Both of them, to me, have looked rather lost. And I think we were pretty damning about Kingston last week yeah, after, after the Gully game. game yeah. yeah, and we said, look, you know, they just looked awful and, you know, can't see how they're going to stay up. But 
this yeah. game, I saw, I saw a little bit. I mean, they didn't get it there, but you know, the comeback, it didn't, it didn't pay off. But the intent was there. You know, what, we've criticised Dandenong for dropping their bundle and you know, sort of giving up. Kingston didn't really do that mm. this time. It's an interesting one because I think Kingston. Uh, I saw a tweet. I'm not sure if he was online, but Nate Cavalieri, the Kingston City goalkeeper, has been is no longer at Kingston City. Okay. And he was probably one of their better performers so right. far this year. So it's I'm not sure if he was on the pine, I didn't see the game, but like, you know, if, if he's sort of out of that mix now, it's it's weird that like one of their better players leaves or is no longer mm. Going to be part of it, but they look like they can't better for it. Well, well he, cl- he clearly didn't get the start, but yeah, I'm not too sure actually as to why he. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too yeah, sure. Yeah, I think, about he, that. I think yeah. it was. I think he was on loan and he's been brought back by. I think he's uh, owned by a New South Wales club, but not owned. No yeah. one can be owned. Yes. This is 2019. Yes. Uh, but you know, in the end, really, I mean, a, a lot of goals in this one, and well done to Bentley in the end. But promising signs from Kingston. But anyway. Next game, yep. Melbourne Knights, Green Gully. Will, tell me about it, because this was our pick for match of the round, but did it live up to it? Oh, like not. It, it was a, I think it was probably a good performance by Knights, but Green Gully probably looked at this one and just went, you know what, you know, Knights showed some bottle to come back from a goal down, in, but Green Gully were just poor from set pieces. Um, you know, there was an early scrappy goal that Knights failed to clear on, like, multiple occasions. I think it was three chances to just put your laces through it and clear it out, but no one really took it. It was poked home by Purcell, so that put Green Gully in the lead. Um, it was, like, genuinely trickling over the line. I don't know which defender was tracking back for Melbourne Knights, but, like, he's standing on the line as the ball is trickling over the line and yet somehow doesn't clear it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. really confused me. Yeah, I was yeah. just kind of, like, bewildered by it. I kept re-watching it just to be like... Was he near it, or was my eyes deceiving me? But no, he was really close to clearing it, it just didn't. So, you know, that was an early goal for Green Gully. Three minutes after that that goal, uh, Melbourne Knights scored, or so they thought. um, I think it was Jukovic um, was running at the back post, not at home from a ball in, but offside. Pretty tight call, but he did sort of look offside. So, you know, that would have been, in typical NPL fashion, the obligatory goal yeah, within five yeah, minutes yeah, after going yeah, ahead. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, Knights played a pretty high line for most of the game. Alex Salmon, you know, I'd expect him to probably get a bag full here, but he just didn't really. You know, I think he had one good sort of run in behind that went wide before the halftime break, but... Um, you know, considering how prolific he's been this year, particularly yeah. at running in behind defences, I was noting that and going, I really felt like he should have scored more. Well, he hasn't scored in a couple of games now, I don't think. He no, might no, have to no. come back on the semi-pro. Or well, maybe the interview was a curse. Whoa. You get a hat-trick the next week, <laughs> and then you go on a cold run, yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's not mention no, that now. Just no, think we of the positives. Yeah, we, yeah, need, yeah. To, we <laughs> need to get people on board. Um, there was a, like, a goal in the 70th minute from a corner by Hamish Watson. Nice run. He just ran along the six-yard line. Genuinely pretty unmarked. And good leap to it. It was, it was like it was a textbook header. Kids, if you want to learn how to sort of score a header from corners, have a look at that one. Um, and then it was cock pounced on a lovely ball in from a set piece again. Um, it's a stinger of a result for Green Gully, though. Um, you know, to, to play well-ish, but concede just two goals from set pieces that are very easy to defend... Um, sorry, not set pieces are not easy to defend, but yeah, they were, they, they were, were pretty were, cheap goals to give away. Goals that they could have done better on. Yeah, you know. So I, mean, I dare say, you know, if you got BLs at a spy on their training session this week, 
they would be having a look at a lot of set piece practice because other than that, you know, Green Gully looked pretty strong this year, but I think this was just a lapse from set pieces. Well, well. And, and on the flip side, another good result for the Knights. Yeah, totally. Friday night fixtures seem to be doing them the world of good at home. You know, they're putting away their home performances. They're now up to third. Um, just, you know, they're, they're banging on the door already of that sort of, you know, like, if they put a good run of games together and Avondale slip up, you know, they're right in the mix. Yeah, well, and it's a good win against a fellow, you know, final contender. So, always always a good result to get. Um, so, Branson, Heidelberg United 5. Dandy City 2. Goals galore mm. in this one. Uh, but Here I was thinking that Sasha Ogonowski, in as technical well, director, might improve yeah, their defending in well, some way. I, well, it hasn't in the first game. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So, uh, plenty of goals. It actually took a little while for them to come. Uh, the first goal when it did come though I mean I thought it really kind of summed up City's year so far to be honest so you know just one of those classics for City when things aren't going your way they really aren't going your way so like the first goal came off an absolutely huge deflection Uh, so a long range blast I mean classic Heidelberg they love those Uh, scorching shot it hit someone I think it was a defender it was you know it was hit so hard really hard to tell Sort of hit him at the top of the box and then ended up perfectly chipping the keeper and going in. So he hit the defender and just lobs over. The keeper's standing there. He's got no chance. He sort of turns around and he looks at it and goes, yeah, that's going over my head and that's uh, that's a goal. So, I mean, trailed pretty early. A bit unlucky on the first goal, but Adrian Zara and Sean Ellis made it 3-0 before the break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 3-0 at half time. Uh, City did pull one back early after, or sorry, early into the second half. But I mean, Heidelberg never really looked threatened, you know. So it was three-one, and then they responded with two more goals of their own to blow the lead back out again. Mm. As you know, five-one. Um, to City's credit, though, we have had a bit of a crack at them for dropping their heads and giving up on games. Uh, they did pull another goal back late to get some sort of minor consolation from another set piece. Uh, but they were comprehensively beaten. Yeah, I mean, it's like so with Heidelberg, the difference between the two teams, you know, do you think Heidelberg were three goals better on the night, or, or do you just think that it's just a different, like a different class in team at the moment? Oh, I, I definitely think it was a different class, and sort of watching this game, you know, or watching Dandenong City games previously, we, you sort of have a look and you go, they've looked poor. I think this week it was more Heidelberg looked a lot better. Mm. So, you know, City weren't exactly woeful and the first goal was unlucky. The next two were sort of, you know, just a bit of class. And then the goals in the second half, you know, the game's effectively over and Heidelberg are good. So I'd I mean, love to see how many goals Heidelberg have scored at home this year because they just, yep. when they play at home, they just put goals away. Like, sure, they maybe leak more than they should. But I feel like Dandy City in their sort of transition would love to play like a Kingston City or someone, or yeah. like an Oakley Cannon, someone that they can probably get at. Heidelberg yeah. away is not that fixture. No, no, no. But I mean, you'd you'd want to be not conceding five. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, let's 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 be honest. You know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, they did score two. The last goal, you know, a bit of a garbage sort of consolation kind of goal, but. The big thing that's going to start hurting City is their goal difference. Because, you know, mm. another thumping defeat, their goal difference has now fallen to minus 17, which is nine goals behind Oakley. Not as bad as Southern United, though. It's not as bad as Southern <laughs> United. We'll talk about that later. So, you know, for Dandy City looking at, you know, trying to get out of that automatic relegation spot, 
they're nine goals behind Oakley. So they're, you know, they're a point behind and effectively it's two. We're getting close to mid-season as well. Yeah, like exactly. we're really getting close to mid-season where yeah. if you're bottom at the midway point, you've got a very serious fight ahead of you in order to get out of that. Yeah. But in the end, good win for Heidelberg. Yeah. Um, Altona Magic 2, Port Melbourne 1. Brand, do you want to uh, talk us through that one? Yeah, well, this was a this was a real seesawing game. This one sort of ebbed and flowed in you know momentum. Both oh, sorry, going to both teams at different stages. Uh, Altona came out of the blocks firing. Uh, they had a number of decent early half chances. Uh, they couldn't quite convert. Sort of lacking that that gilt edge chance there. But the intent was clearly clearly there. Uh, they were rewarded. Got a goal for their effort. Uh, Daniel Kaczynski opened the scoring, uh, but then the game sort of soared or seesawed back to Port Melbourne. Uh, the Sharks managed to work their way back into the game. They had a chance just before the half that uh, didn't go in, but then they carried their momentum on into the second half. Ended up levelling it up. Uh, Sam Ford with a lovely curling effort into the bottom corner. Mm, found it was the lovely, back of, wasn't it? Yeah, well, just real classy finish. Uh, tied things up, but again, then the game seesawed again. This time back to Altona. Uh, repon- bleh, sorry, responded again straight away. Uh, generating a couple of good chances before they were awarded a penalty. Uh, Troy Ruthven made no mistake from the spot. Then the seesawing action from there sort of... Went both ways really, really quickly. You know, chances at both ends for both teams. But in the end, three goals were all that were destined to be scored in this one. And the Magic held on for another good win. And for the Magic, it's now six wins in their last seven games. So that is a superb run of form. Considering how brandishly we labelled them at the start of the year as worst well, club, worst name. Well, They've really well, turned around their form. We didn't, we didn't say worst club. Oh, I did. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's been a magical run. Yeah. Uh, the only loss in that six out of seven game streak was to Heidelberg. Yeah. Uh, but big fixture coming up for them next week. We'll talk about that later. But Altona looking really good at the moment. Mm. What about the next game, mate? Hume City taking on Pasco Vale. Tell me yeah. about it. Um, Pasco Vale had the lion's share of early chances. Um, just before half-time, though, it was a bit of a weird sort of first half. You know, there was a lot of huffing and puffing, but nothing really meaningful from both teams. Um, but just before half-time, Hakeem Alarabi gave Cooper a shove in the back. Um, really unnecessarily. The ball's coming in. Feely has the ball covered. He's literally running to the ball to grab it. Hakeem Alarabi pushes Cooper in the back. Referee gives a spot kick. Um, Feely absolutely let his feelies be known about this foul. So he went absolutely off at Hakeem. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. It's like it's a cheap one to give away. But I just don't like teammates. Yeah, you're now Feely, Feely and his feelies? Yeah, it's quite good. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah, alright, cool, good. Yep, <laughs> carry on, carry on. Um, I don't like seeing teammates go off at each other. Uh, we'll probably talk about it later yeah, yep, in, yep. The, in the Leeds game. But, yep. um, you know, I just I think like your teammates... There's no I in team, and there's also no hate in team. Good. No, Correct. I came up with that on the spot. It's that, quite bad. Oh, no, I like it. It works. Anyway, um, the penalty was slot by Stephen Hewitt, giving him City the lead. Um, deep into extra time, Pascal had a free kick 30 yards out uh, on the side. Uh, devious ball in kind of troubled the defence, but didn't trouble the back of the net, which was uh, you know good, good to sort of go in half-time um, with that lead. Uh, there was a great shot from Rahimi from distance for Pascal that went just wide. Um, had some Hatsimaratis scored off a deflected shot from about one yard out. He's nice. again just running along the goal line and the ball's trickling there. So 
It needed a touch from him, I reckon. Yeah. But it, it yeah, Good. it's probably the, the shortest goal he'll ever score. They um, all count. But ultimately, uh, the goal was to no avail. Uh, as James Brown for Pasco Vale stepped up in the 90th minute with a bloody lovely bicycle kick-esque finish. Um, balls come in, it's a little bit behind him. He's not properly throwing himself in the air to bicycle kick it. Yeah. He's just kind of swung Sizzling. his leg and sort of fallen okay. after connection. Yeah. But it's still a very nice finish. Yeah. And he absolutely puts it in the bottom, I think it was bottom left corner. Yeah. You know, right at the apex of the ground on the post. So... A very, very good finish from a player whose name we keep saying. Um, I know we've been talking about maybe doing a team of the month, sort of halfway through the season, yep. sort of thing. Yep. I dare say James Brown's name has to be in it because he is always there, there or thereabouts. Um, it's a great three points for Hume. Yep. Um, you know, it was a tight game. It was a game of sort of, I think, few chances. Um, but a great sort of tight game that they've. Um, come out on top of and uh, also notice in that game that's zero goals in three games for Davy Van Ship. yeah um, so and those goal those games have sort of come against Green Gully Melbourne Knights um, Hume City I yep, believe yep all teams that are currently yeah. now in, the, in, in the top six so and teams that are around them you know yeah so I'm sort of wondering and Brand sort of keen to get your thoughts on this is he a bit of a flat track bully I mean I don't think so I don't think so because he scored. We well, scored against big teams before. I mean, he scored against Avondale. He scored against Heidelberg. Yeah, I think he got some against Bentley as well. Yeah, but it, I, it's a tough run of form. I mean, he did score all of their goals for like the first five games. Yeah. So you know, it's good for him to be sharing the load. But I mean, no, I'm, it's, it's a weird. I just think you know, considering think, how prolific he looked, the fact of no goals in three games. Um, yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if he's just sort of. Playing his way into a bit of bad form. Well, hard, I mean, hard to maintain, of course, but uh, I think it's probably a little bit too early to say flat track bully, but obviously he will be hoping to score more goals and Pascoe Vell will be hoping that he finds the score sheet a yeah. bit more often as well. James Brown is absolutely flying that flag in the meantime, though. So, um, Branson, I think it was the last game, is it, this week? We had a look at Avondale 3, Oakley Cannons 1. Yeah, well, so, you know, coming into this game, it seemed like it would just be, you know, a one-horse race, top place Avondale taking on the lowly cannons, uh, just sort of blow them out of the water. Uh, the scoreline suggests a comfortable Avondale win, and in the end it was, but the first 45 minutes were close and intense, yep. a lot closer than scoreline, the end scoreline would sort of suggest. I mean, uh, Stefan Zinni for Avondale had a couple of good early chances, really early on. Um, his shots were well saved by Oakley's keeper John Honos, but then after that it was really really was a tight a tight battle. Um, Oakley looked well structured and organised. Uh, they defended well. Uh, seemed a bit tricky for Avondale to break down. It sort of seemed like Avondale were maybe trying to force things a little bit too mm-hmm. much. It didn't seem like they were quite on their game. So not too sure if it was a credit to Oakley or, you know, Avondale were off their form. I would suggest it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, it's a good one, though, if you're off your form and you still manage to to put three in the back of the net and, well, and get a win. Well, the three, all three goals came in the second half. So the game went into the sheds at nil, nor, sorry, nil, nil. And it was actually, it's only the fourth time this season Avondale have been kept scoreless in a half. Mm. So, or full, scores in the first ten minutes, probably. Yeah, well, you know, so 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 full credit to Oakley for their uh, for their defensive efforts, but it didn't last in the second half. Matthew Reid opened the scoring, I think, in like the forty seventh minute, straight out of the block. Uh, 
Superb header, got it on target, headed down, sort of looked like it took Honos the keeper by surprise, he got a touch on it but couldn't keep it out, again probably wishes he could have done better, probably could have rather than should have, but I mean once Avondale sort of took the lead, sort of seemed to break the eyes for him, uh, Yute Towns made a 2-0 before a Honos mistake gifted Avondale another goal, Um, Yusuf Ahmed had a long range shot. Honos got down and somehow let the ball just kind of creep through his yeah. hands. It's sort of watching and going, don't know how that one got through. That was definitely a should have saved and he will definitely wish he'd done better. And Again, another one where you probably regret the fact that there's now highlights and yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. full streams of, yep. the, of the NPL. Yeah, uh, Joe Guest did manage to get a consolation goal late for Oakley after a sloppy turnover from Avenel trying to play out of the back. Uh, but in the end, a solid win for the Avengers, who now have a absolutely huge three weeks coming yes, up. Yes, they do. They take on Altona this weekend, then they've got the Preston Lions in the FFA Cup, then they've got Heidelberg and Bentley. Yeah. So, four games in three weeks. If they're still top at the end of that, that's the midway that, point of the season. That'd be, I'm just that'd be, turning around going, you know what, I reckon that, they've done it. Yeah, that'll be huge for them. And last year as well, I think it was about round 10, they lost to Heidelberg, lost top spot, and they never regained yeah. it for the rest of the year. So if they can sort of get over that hurdle this year, I think it'll be you know huge, yeah. huge for them. Uh, but for Oakley, unfortunate, not the worst result, taking on the league's top scoring team. And playing well for 45 minutes. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you said, clean sheet against, you know, a and team that scores at home. And and the first 45 minutes, Oakley really did sort of take it to Avenel. The one downside for Oakley was I couldn't see where their goals were going to come from. Mm. So, like, they looked pretty threatening. And they had a couple of half chances, a couple of, you know, threatening crosses, a couple of penalty shouts. But, you know... It just couldn't see where it was going to come from. You know when you watch like Pascoval or Green Gully or the Knights or any of those other you know teams that are sort of in form, you go, we know how they're going to score. Mm. Couldn't, couldn't see from Oakley. It's been their struggle all year, but not the worst result. We'll see how they go next yeah. week. Yeah, excellent. All right, well, that does us for the review section. Join us back in a couple of minutes where we'll go through some of the more fun side of the footballing world this week. Welcome back to part two of episode 12 of the Semi-Pro Potty, where Branson and I take a step back. We've gone through the NPL. We want to look at maybe the bigger world of football and some things that are happening in football around Australia that loosely relate to semi-professional football. Branson, what are we going to go through first this week? Well, we have a bit of a new segment this week. I don't think we've uh, tied this one in. So what we're calling it is That's So NPL. So looking at stuff that happens in the footballing world around the world and then going do you know what I would totally expect to see that in the NPL if if that makes sense if you're sort of understanding or picking up what I'm putting down on that one so things that we've seen around the football world that you know would be seemingly more likely to occur in in, semi-professional leagues yes exactly exactly and so to get the ball rolling on this one uh, let's talk about the Leeds Aston Villa scoring a goal while a player was down because that was ridiculous insane and and obviously the media is hamming it up saying it's the most ridiculous you know like seven minutes of football in the entire world and rah rah but it's like I don't know about that but it's not it's it's ridiculous it's, it's, it's not far from it so if you haven't seen it 
We'll, yeah, we'll, talk we'll, us through the play-by-play. Yeah, so we'll post the link and, and we'll show the video because the video is 100% worth watching. Essentially what happens 100%. is there is a collision in midfield. Yep. It's a bit innocuous. It's not like a head clash, two players going for a head. No. The ball then goes out wide. What, it what, looks so, so, like the Leeds player so, is going to put it out. So it's the Villa player who was yes. hurt. So the yep, Villa player goes down, yes. Leeds have yes. the ball. Yeah. So then the ball goes out wide. And it sort of looks like the player feigns to put it out. Yeah. And so all the Villa players stop. But then he just plays it down the line. Yep. I can't remember who went on to score. He uh, runs into the box. Nice finish. Yeah. But then the second the ball hits the back of the net, he is absolutely inundated by Villa oh, players. Absolutely. The entire Villa bench is up. Yep. Fracas insured. The managers are going nuts. The benches are yelling there. Shout out to Mila Yedinak. Mila Yedinak's beard running across <laughs> to the Leeds bench is quite menacing. I wouldn't want to yell at him. So that was probably, you know, well done by him. But yeah, and so... Everyone's outraged. Villa players outraged. The commentators aren't too sure about it. I think the key factor in this one was that the Leeds player looked like he was about to kick it out. He sort yeah. of stopped. I'm no and... concern with the player scoring the goal because no. And this is the big, the big talking point of it is Branson is, do you play to the whistle? I I believe you do, but I think what that one particular Leeds player did was he sort of. He sort of stopped, so he sort of in- indicated that he wasn't mm. going to play to the whistle, if if that kind of makes sense. I don't know. The whistle hadn't gone. Was he in his rights to do it? Yes. Did Aston Villa switch off? Yes. Were they a little bit hard done by? I also reckon yes. Yeah. So, so if we translate this back to NPL, I reckon Melbourne Knights would have done a Leeds. Really? Yeah, I reckon Melbourne. Yeah. I reckon Melbourne Knights have wow. got that that grit to them, where they go. You know what? A player's gone down, and the referee's not blowing a whistle. That's a man advantage. Let's exploit it. Well, and the, well, the other thing we've seen is you know NPL teams love a bit of a, a fracas or a melee, a little bit of a coming mm. together, a bit of shirt. Yeah, pulling Dandy and City would probably get around it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so and the second part of this story was so Leeds scored the goal, super controversial. Uh, their manager then. Uh, told all, uh, sorry, t- told <laughs> his team to to give up a goal, so to allow he's, Villa Bielsa to score. Is shouting on the touchline, he's give furious. the goal, yeah. give the goal. Yeah, he's furious. So Villa, you know, kick off and they start running down to the goal. Shout out to the ones, <laughs> the one Leeds player who either didn't get the message or just didn't care for the message, yeah. who did try to tackle Villa. Uh, so Villa scored, and then that guy, that one Leeds player who tried to stop it, was then set upon by both Villa and his own teammates for trying to stop the score. Uh, sorry, for trying to stop the goal. But, I mean, I just thought, you know, this could easily happen in the NPL. NPL clubs obviously love a bit of afters. And yep. also, just that, you know, do you put the ball out? Yes, no, maybe give the goal back. So it was but... really, it was really, it was made worse well because about two minutes beforehand, um, Villa had the ball and a Leeds player went down and they put the ball out for him. Yeah. So that's that just added more spice to it, and I was like, oh, it's one of those. Like, ultimately, play the goddamn whistle. Like, yeah. it's not your job to manage the game. That is no. the referee's job. Correct. And, and so, where you know the back four of Villa can be, you know, a little bit aggrieved. Ultimately, if all four of them just stopped playing football while the game was still going, like that's on them. Like, yeah. And. Yeah, the whole thing was just a bit of a debacle. And, you know, it's the kind of thing where you go, oh, classically, you know, if that happened in the NPL, you go, oh, of course it did, but it didn't. But that's sort of where we're going for this segment, I reckon. And another one that I saw as well, uh, David De Gea, second howler, or not a howler, but second, you know, sort of crappy save in a week. You know, he's not showing his Premier League quality 
at the moment. Um, probably wouldn't even get away with that in the NPL. Maybe that's it. Maybe he wants to come and play in the NPL. Go, do you know what? Manchester United, I don't want it. I want to go play for Dandenong Thunder, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, John no, he'd, I reckon he'd be a sucker for Sunshine or someone. Sunshine? Like, I reckon that he'd be like, ooh, Australia playing for Sunshine. Yeah, yeah I'll do that. <laughs> Sounds lovely. I mean, he is Spanish. He's probably used to... Well, jo- well John Honos, uh, the Oakley keeper, the, a couple of the goals that he let in were very similar, I thought, to the sort of De Gea where it sort of hit him and went in anyway. So, mm. I mean, David De Gea, NPL goalkeeper, maybe. Could happen. I mean, I did say that thing where we... You know, to make the league better, we should just allow clubs to have one marquee signing for one game of the year, and maybe you just do it for like the opening round or yep. the round before finals or something kind of poignant. Yep. Um, De Gea could be a big one to come in, particularly in any games that got a penalty shootout. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So I don't think De Gea is going to play in the league. Um, something that I sort of thought that was very NPL this year, week even, was two things. So. Up in New South Wales, the NCIP... So, we, I think they made a thing in Victoria a couple of, about a month ago that was revoking the NCIP, which is the... I can't remember what it stands for. It is the National Club Identity Policy. And it ultimately says, as a club of football, you can't be ethnic. Which is just stupid. Like, in yeah, every way, shape, Yeah, form. it's sort of a bit... I, I, I sort of get what they're trying to say with it. You know, like, you can't be, like, super branded... As, I, as, see, as I a, just a, don't get it. Even that a, argument, I don't get it. No, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I, I agree with it, but it's not saying like you can't be Melbourne, Croatia. You can't, but why can't you? Well, because these are Croatian clubs and everything. No, it's no, ridiculous. no. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not sort of saying I agree with it, but sort of get the there where they're trying to keep it away from that sort of ethnic national branding. But anyway, yeah. So tell me more. Well, on the topic of ethnic national branding, Hamilton Missouri are being pretty staunch in their non-removal of an Italian flag from their kit in the NCIP are threatening, I think, a points deduction or a fine or something. Um, but one thing I do like a lot about Hamilton, Missouri, is their match reports. I tagged you in it this week. Their match reports are poetic and glorious. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they cover football, but they cover it in such a poetically brilliant way. I think one of their match reports brought up the Pasha Bolka, which was that oil shipping container that ran aground off of New South Wales like a good decade ago now. Yeah, great. Um, Eva Benega, who ran over his foot before the, I think it was a Copa del Rey final. Also great. It was just great. Like, none of these <laughs> things to do with the uh, NPL, but I just read that and went, you know what? I want, the, I want semi-professional football to be more like that. I want it to, instead of being like really boring, dry match reports, make it a little bit more poetic, a little bit more interesting to read. And... To be honest with you, you thought of one segment that I'm probably going to do as a special. While we were in Russia, um, I would read excerpts from Joe Gorman's um, Life and Death of Australian Football to our mate Ed Pitts as bedtime stories. So I'm wondering <laughs> if we do a, a little bit of a special treat for everyone. If you're struggling with sleep or you know can't seem to chill out at night, chuck on a a semi-pro potty rendition of a Hamilton, Missouri match report. Will Chambers. The dulcet The tones dulcet radio tones. Of Will Chambers reading a Hamilton, Missouri match report in a poetic... Just like that kind life. of graveyard yeah. shift of voice. You know, that really... Good. Welcome back to Late Nights with Semi-Pro Potty. Yeah, it yeah, could be good, mate. This match report. <laughs> it's just great. So, keep an eye on that. Could do it. Could also not. 
Yep. Um, the other one that I sort of thought was very NPL this week was if there's ever going to be some players rocking up on Australian shores, it is most of the PSG team after they absolutely bottled it yes. against Rennes in the French uh, Coupe de Ligue final. Uh, wow. Just, I think it was the first silverware Rennes had won in 30-odd years, since 71. Yeah, something like that. In Just quite obscene. a while. Yep. Um, so much, so many storylines about this. So I had him, Ben Arthur, um, some of you might remember from ex-Newcastle United stint. He played at PSG and he was treated really poorly. They kind of stopped him playing football for about two years. I think he's now suing them for mispaid fines, uh, no, mispaid wages. Um, really quite acrimonious relationship there. He was snubbed by the president of PSG during the medal ceremony, and it was just like one of these things where PSG went 2-0 up, then 2-2, and then Mbappe's disgusting challenge, just like, just before the pen, two minutes before the penalty shootout. We kicked someone, I didn't kick, it was sort of like, just fleeted someone in the knee, I guess. It's just disgusting. And it's like two minutes before a penalty shootout, when you're like killing Mbappe, like if there is a player that you want in your penalty shootout list, it's him. Yeah. Um, so a very, a very semi-professional performance by PSG oh, as a whole just, there. Yeah, and I just love the fact that they've just spent all this money and they're just, they're just going to win the league again, which is the thing that they always win. Like, they're not even going to win the Coupe de France, which is the thing that they win all the time as well. Yes. <laughs> so I think that's very semi-professional of them. Um, but returning back to semi-professionalism, Branson, Southern United, how do they go this week? Uh, not too well, mate. They lost 6-0 to Heidelberg. Mm. This weekend, so that's still less than ten. It it is, but six 0 to Heidelberg, it does bring up a bit of a uh, unwanted milestone. So after ten weeks of football, they have now conceded over a hundred goals. Yeah, in ten weeks, so that's uh, that's not good. <laughs> let's let's be honest, that's not great. No, it's really not good. Um, but you know, uh, it's, there's not a lot left of the season to go. So yeah, ah. well, this is still quite a little bit. But they did sign a new goalkeeper, ex WE yes. goalkeeper. So maybe that might uh, might help keep some of those goals yeah. out. Thanks to uh, everyone on Twitter and Instagram for sharing that stuff with us. You know, breaking news. It was broke yeah, it was to us by our yes. Twitter followers. Love yeah. it. Um, could be a bonus for Southern United. Could be a bonus. Um, I feel like, you know, if there's a position that they need to fill, maybe goalkeeper's not a bad one. Yep. Well, they also need a striker. They've only scored two goals this season. Yeah, but getting the ball to the striker is going to be their biggest... Not if they just got a really sick goalkeeper with a nice long ball mm. and then just hoof it over the top. I was going to say, every time they concede, they got the ball at halfway, so that's a starting point. But then the idea yeah. of having to concede <laughs> to score is also... The heat map would be disgusting. <laughs> it's just like, just a lot around the 18-yard box, and then a lot right on the very yes, centre of it. Yeah. Oh, would be hard, it would be hard to win if the only time you can score is right after conceding as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what we liked. We're kind of rattling through this this stage this week. I kind of like this. We're sort of not beating around the bush with the the segments that we're doing. What do we like? Well, you tell me. What's the first thing you like, mate? Hmm. Interesting. Um. I lo- I liked. I reckon it was what shortly after our post last week. We got our first Twitter basher. We did. Which we I did. really liked. Some, you do? I can't remember who it was. Uh, I'm going to find out. I'm going to read out the tweet because it was really good. Um, oh, we're going to read it out. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm proud of this. I don't know why you're not. 
Oh, I don't know. So what what was it? It was one of, one of our episodes. Someone commented on it and said pretty much that our podcast is no good, I think is what he said. You know, it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. I don't know why he what? said that. Oh, it made me sad. Mate, if we're being spoken about, that's all that matters. You reckon? Let's find out. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some time to see if you can you can find that. Why did you not retweet it? I asked you to retweet it. What? Yeah. Oh, man. You go on the thing. Oh, it's like, hard, no, I, I, I don't know what we're talking about here. Anyway, moving on. So, what I like. So, one of the things that I liked this week, and it sort of talks about this week and then the season as a whole. Uh, so, there were goals galore this weekend. So, no games were nil all. This week, and that got me thinking. Like, obviously, that's a great, on um, you know, it just means plenty of excitement, plenty of results. Uh, Ten rounds in, though, seventy games played so far this season. How many games do you think have been nil all this season? How many games have we played? And this is this is maths for us. In the well, podcast. I just I just said seventy games played. How okay. how many nil all draws do you reckon we've had this season? Do you know what? I reckon there's maybe been five. Five? There's been one. Jesus Christ. One nil all draw in 70 games played. It was round one, I think it was Port Melbourne against Kingston. That has been the only nil all draw in the league this wow. year. Wow, what an advertisement for the league. I mean, not if you're a defender. No, no or a goalkeeper. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's obviously been teams who have been held scoreless a lot more than that. But I just thought the fact that there was... Only one nil all game is actually pretty remarkable, you know. And sort of extending on from that, there's been plenty of results as well. So looking at all the teams, looking all at the ladder and everything, only two sorry, no team has drawn more than two games, if that makes sense. So no team you get what I mean? No team has, has drawn, drawn more than two games. More than so two games. If I look at the table now, all yeah. of the teams have got one draw next to them. Or two. Or win. Or, uh, yeah. so, or nil. Yes. Yeah. So, 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 <laughs> so what I'm sort of getting is there's lots of wins, lots of losses. Yeah. And no nil, no nil. Yeah. Only one nil, nil draw all year and plenty of goals last week. So yeah. that's what I like. Plenty of results, plenty of goals, plenty of action. Yeah. So going back to the tweet <coughs> that Branson didn't retweet... I like the Why username. Would Why wouldn't you? It's great. So we posted our um, interview with, I think it was Liam Boland. Tweet. Yeah. His response, user Jim one <laughs> Which makes you laugh for two reasons. A, great Twitter handle. And also, he must have been pissed when he found out Jim was taken. So he just had to add a number to the end of it. Um, and he's told us, your podcast is beyond shit. And I love it. Like, yes, we're aware of that. It's great. Brilliant. Um, so, thanks very much, Pindic Jim, for being our first Twitter basher. Really like that one. Um, the other one I liked was Reddit Community. So, we obviously did our um, review show of all the other NPL leagues last week and chucked up on Reddit because we want to do it a little bit more often. And some of the people who reached out to us kind of shocked me that there were so many people doing such good stuff with their sort of state leagues in terms of their own media setups and, you know, the clean sheet was one that reached out to us in New South Wales and, you know, had a look at their stuff, really impressed with the stuff that they do. That's sort of how I got onto the um, Hamilton, Azuri NCIP stuff as well. So, look, the community of football in Australia who's sort of listening and engaging in same professional football to keep it up, that's what I really liked. Yeah, good. I like it. Uh, so one of, one of the other things that I liked, so my turn, uh, 
last night. So I was on Avenger Radio live on FNR last night, uh, talking about all things Avondale FC. Anyway, towards the end of the show, uh, I started getting a call live on radio. I'm like, oh, that's very peculiar because I'd put my phone on silent, you know, do not disturb. But uh, you were calling, so my my laptop started ringing, essentially started ringing, <laughs> started ringing live on radio. And I'm sitting there going, what is going on? I've put my phone on silent. I don't know what's happening. I don't know where this noise is coming from. I didn't even know if it was me or someone else. Anyway, I get a little notification after the ringing stop saying that I've missed a call from William Chambers. There you go. So you called. Hey, I'm just trying. I'm trying to call into your radio station yeah. to bait you with ridiculous statements. I just well, I can't wait to do it. Well, I'd, I'd muted my phone. Do not disturb. All that sort of stuff. But then, of course, you Facebook call me right. And despite <laughs> having my number and being able to just you know regularly call me, Facebook I, messenger call. I want everyone to know our conversations. Oh, do you? <laughs> yes. So yeah. So I mean, if you look at the. Um, what is it? Uh, it was Facebook live. live. Fa- yeah, Facebook Live on Avondale's page. If you skip to 54 minutes and 10 seconds, you can hear the phone. I want to watch it for your reaction because well, I reckon you'd bottle it. You'd be like, what's it happening? It was pretty much like that. So 54, 10 seconds, you can hear my laptop start ringing and I just put my arms up in going, I don't know what's happening. Unfortunately, FNR, they have cut out the 10 seconds where we did chat no. about it. Did, it did go out live though. Yeah, great. And there was a bit of chat. They were going, what is that? Was that me? Was that you? No idea. But, you know, shout out to you for that one. It'd be great for people are calling you, Branson. No one ever calls me. Oh, oh stinger. Sad. Um, last one for mine. Uh, TPO rankings on Twitter. They collate a whole lot of information about NPL football across Australia and semi professional football. Um, and they released a poster this week, which is a sort of pyramid diagram, which probably showcases the problems with Australian football that is not a pyramid. Um, but it shows, you know, where how all of the leagues are made up in Australia and, and what that sort of visual landscape of Australian football is. So I saw that, loved it. TPO rankings, follow them. They do excellent stuff. And fascinating as well, just sort of seeing how all the different states compare like and like how many different leagues and how they're all sort of structured and cries out for standardization yeah and it sort of shows you know how victoria i think victoria had the most leagues and then but you know then you've got rural leagues in queensland rural leagues in new south wales and just like even in victoria i know they're trying to get more of a vertical stacking yeah because you know i think it's what after mpl2 it splits into east and west well mpl2 is in east East and west West, yeah yeah. so they're looking at trying to do less of a a sort of a a link like a delineation of it and yeah. more of a um, vertical well well, I know they're definitely doing that for next year it's going to be NPL 1 NPL 2 NPL 3 so there's not going to be an yep. East and West and NPL 2 but I don't know how that'll translate to the state leagues because in state leagues state leagues probably have to be regional because yeah. then you just get a lot of clubs yeah, no exactly. one wants to travel 400 kilometres for a game of football yeah anyway those are the things we liked moving on quickly to George Old man George, George the Giant Rabbit got him to pick the Melbourne Knights uh, Green Gully game last week. He picked the Knights and got he it did. correct. And it was really good because he kind of feigned to go to Green Gully first. Yeah, definitely showed some and interest in it. And then he went to Melbourne Knights yeah. and ultimately got it right. Well done, Yes, George. he did. So he's in the black. 
for the first time this year. Two wins. In the black? Do we call it in the black? I don't know. He's on. He's got a winning record. You know, two two correct predictions, one incorrect prediction so far. So he's, he's on, still just a bloody cute rabbit. So he, he can get away with it. He is. So he's, he's he's on the positive though. So and despite you know he went left again despite us you know mixing up the cage and flipping it around to get him going in a different direction. But I did realise that as much as we mixed the cage up, we still had it facing in the same orientation. So did we? Yeah, bummer. It's all right. Poor us. Up. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we'll get... get George to do another review this week. Yep. But let's cover that one in the preview section, which is coming up after this short break. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part three of the Semi Pro Potty, where we have a look at the preview of the games coming up this week. Um, kicking off Friday night. Melbourne Knights have another home game, this time against Kingston City. Then we got Pasco Vale taking on Dandenong Thunder. It'll be a cracker. Uh, Bentley Greens versus Dandenong City. Heidelberg, Port Melbourne. That's a lovely one. Um, Green Gully versus Hume City FC. Uh, then on Saturday, only the lone game on Saturday, we've got Avondale taking on the Altona Magic. Mm-hmm. And Sunday, closing off the round, we've got South Melbourne versus Oakley Cannons. Interesting fixtures in there. Five games on the Friday night. That is going to be absolutely mega. I, don't... Well, I reckon last time we had that many games on a Friday night was that bonkers night where like every game was like 4-5 or 6-19 or like yeah. it was just a ridiculous night of football. So that'll be a good one to, um, you know, either go out to a game or park yourself in and, and just split screen it. Yeah, well, how are you going to fit five? That's what I'm thinking. How am I going to fit five streams on my screen at the same time? I do not think my internet could even mildly yeah. handle that. <laughs> well, well, so of those five games on Friday night, which one are you most looking forward to? Sort of breaking down, you know, our match of the round, just into Friday night. What do you reckon? Heidelberg versus Port Melbourne for mine. You I reckon? think Heidelberg at home, they've got goals in them. Port Melbourne, not in a great run of form, but... We've just seen that inconsistent. So, you know, they were terrible at the start of the season, came good for a couple of weeks, back to a little bit of bad form. I just think Friday night fixture against Heidelberg, I think they'll probably not bother about being conservative with their effort. Yep. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that one. Bran, what about you? Well, a couple. Well, Green Gully versus Hume City, I reckon, is going to be very interesting. Sixth versus seventh, you know, both teams very similar. Aries on the table, of course, so I reckon that one will have a bit of spice in it. And then, you know, Bentley Green's taking on Dandenong City. Bentley Green's not super convincing against Kingston. Yep. Dandy City, maybe they're a chance? I don't know. But the big one for me, ultimately, I reckon, the one that I'm picking for match of the round has got to be Avondale Altona. Really? I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. 100%. Avondale on top, Altona sitting Altona in fourth. In form, yeah. yeah I, I reckon that's going to be huge. It's the first. Well, it's not, sorry, that's not true. It's not the first big Yeah, the Melbourne game. Knights game. Yeah, that, that was huge for Avondale, but it's the first of a big four games coming up for the Avengers. So I reckon that one will be fascinating. And then Which? Sunday, South Melbourne, Oakley Cannons. Again, another uh, another fascinating game. Oakley, What's the weather like on Sunday? Absolutely no idea. Because the Lakeside is an absolutely lovely stadium that we still haven't been to yet. No, but uh, you know it'll be a good chance for Oakley... You know, South Melbourne aren't too far above them on the table. So if Oakley are going to start winning games, South Melbourne could be a good team for them to pick. 
Yeah, 18 degrees and sunny on Sunday. That's so that's really pretty peachy. nice. That's, yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, I think we might have to go to that one, mate. Oh no, you you're gonna go to Adelaide for the. Yeah, I'll I'll be in Adelaide, but mm. I mean we'll see how it goes. Um, so, yeah. So what's your pick for overall match of the round? Then? Yeah, definitely Heidelberg versus Port Melbourne. Um, what are we gonna get George to do though? I reckon. Well, I don't know. Do you want to get Heidelberg Port Melbourne, or do you want to reckon the Avondale Magic one? What about this? Double. How many bowls do you have at your house? Uh, because could we do four bowls, one in each corner? <laughs> we could. That might be hard. What if he eats one bowl first and then gets a bit full? No, but that's fine. That's exactly. We just need him to eat so, one bowl. So hang on. So we want him to do two predictions. Yeah. All right. Because we can't. We can't pick a match of the round. We're kind of divided okay. on that one. Right. So put yep. four bowls in there. Yep. Whichever bowl he goes to, first and foremost, that is match of the round. But which team he goes to is going to win the match of the round. Right. So we're leaving a lot to George this week. Okay, so we're going to get... Right. <laughs> You're now thinking this of the fiscal area of how much food do I have <laughs> yeah, to lose this yeah, week? No, 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 we're going to get away. But yeah, we'll get, him to do, we'll get him to do two predictions. Two predictions. In one go. Yep. We'll try one go. Might Why not? Because not? Well, not, he might not like it. What if he loses it? Hey, what what animal is not going to like <laughs> double the servings of food that he currently gets offered? Yeah, well, we'll figure it out. All right, two predictions coming from George. Uh, Southern United, though, this weekend, uh, they are taking on South Melbourne at 3pm on Saturday at Monterey Reserve. Uh, South Melbourne haven't yeah. haven't been as good this year as they were last we year. We saw them at, um, where was it? The Veneto Club, when they took on Bulleen? Bulleen, that was the one. So, we saw them at Bulleen. Yeah, they're apparently um, not as prolific as they were last year. But if there's any opportunity in the league to get a good run of form underway, it is taking on Southern United. Yeah, well, I mean, it could be Southern United. Maybe they're a chance, you know. South Melbourne, not as good as they were. Who knows? Mm. New goalkeeper. Everything you need from Southern United. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. And, on the topic of go, that's us done. Time for us to go, Branson. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much for joining us in episode 12 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Um, a little bit of an exciting news as well. There's a chance next week we will be having another interview, uh, this time with Adelaide City player and ex-Johnny Warren medalist, Marcus Flores. Yes, big one that you've managed, exactly. you've managed to tap, so that'll be interesting. Yep. Obviously, you chat a little bit about NPL in South Australia and his NPL journey. And yeah. So we're, we're still yet to finalise the details of it, but um, if it does happen, it will happen next week. So keep your ears and eyes peeled on our podcast, and we'll let you know when that is going to be up. Until then, keep being some professional. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Keep the chat up. We love talking to you guys about football. Be good. 